Thanks for joining us today. Our church exists to give everyone, everywhere, every reason to know Jesus. You can learn more by connecting with us on Facebook at Journey Fellowship Denton. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's message. Y'all doing good? Super Bowl Sunday. I got to do a quick poll. I just got to got to see, okay, who who's who's rooting for the Chiefs? Okay, got some Chiefs fans over there. Uh, who's rooting for the Eagles? Thank you. I see who the true Cowboys fans are in here. That's right. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy uh, this afternoon and time. Hopefully, you're getting together with some friends and family and just uh, enjoying life together. That's what it's all about uh, for us anyway. And so I hope you're doing that. Um, but when I was growing up, uh, when I was growing up, believe it or not, it was in a time when we didn't have cell phones. Uh, yeah, we, we used to use this thing called the payphone. Um, some of y'all in here don't know anything about a payphone. Now, the payphone, well, you, you had to have some change, right? You go up to the payphone, you, you put the change in there, and then you, you dial the number that you needed to dial, right? Well, growing up, I lived uh, in Augusta, Georgia in middle school. And, man, such a great time in my life. We used, to, we used to go to the skating rink every Friday night, you know, sometimes Saturday. Yeah, uh, you know, just hitting the skating rink floor, you know. We used to think we were all that in a bag of chips, you know. Uh, just doing the quad skated, you know, quad races and, you know, the watermelon crawl. Don't know anything about that. If you don't know, that's a Georgia thing. Uh, but sometimes we were waiting on our ride, and our ride was supposed to be there, and they didn't show up. And so we'd have to go over to the payphone to call home for a ride. And so, you know, our ride forgot about us, and we'd go to the payphone, and you put the change in there. And, and sometimes we didn't have any change, you know, because we'd spend it all probably on the snack shack, right? But thankfully, we had this thing called 1-800-COLLECT, right? And so I would dial 1-800-C-O-L-L-E-C-T, right? And I would dial it to my mom, and my mom would pick up, and it would say, you have a collect call from Chris, and then she would accept the charges, and she'd be like, what do you want? And I would say, our ride's not here. Come pick us up, and she'd come get us. But sometimes, sometimes she didn't want to accept the charges, and I knew she didn't want to accept the charges. And so when it asked you to announce yourself, I would say something like, mama, I need a ride. And so the phone would ring on the other end, and she'd pick it up, and it would say, you have a collect call from Mama, I need a ride. <laughs> she knew that meant come pick me up. I see we have some folks in here who had the same thing. Just sometimes we didn't have any change. That's just how it was. Fast forward to cell phones, and I think one of the greatest inventions or one of the greatest times of the cell phone was when the flip phone came out. Yeah. The flip phone was where it was at, right? We had, we had the T9 texting ability. I mean, it would take us like 30 minutes to text one sentence, but we could text people. That was like just the best thing ever. And with the cell phone, right, you, uh, you, uh, you, you couldn't call. You had like 7 o'clock was free and nights and weekends was free, right? And so we'd, we'd be like, no, don't call me before 7, you know, and somebody would call you. You'd, you'd pick up the phone like, call me after 7. I want to use up all my minutes. You know, and you tell them, call me after seven. And sometimes, though, you'd want it to go to the voicemail, you know, because some of y'all know how many times you, ch- you try to do something like this. Hey, 
It's Chris. Sorry I wasn't able to come to the phone right now, but if you leave your name and your number, I'll be sure to hit you back. Peace. <laughs> right? And we had to have the latest track on there too, right? Like whatever the latest track was, we had to play in the background. Look, some of y'all don't know how this worked. You had to go over to your stereo, hit the play button on the stereo, wait for it to queue up, and then at the right time, hit record on your phone and hit that message. And if you messed up, you had to do it all over again. We just wanted to go to the voicemail. (laughs) But now, now we are so attached to our phones, right? We're so attached to our cell phones. Like, we go crazy if we lose it. Like, we hulk out and we're like, oh, where is my phone? I just I lost it. I don't know where it is. And we get so attached to things like social media. You know, we got Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and Twitter. And we get so attached to these apps on our phone because they help us do things every day. Including one of the things that is used the most in smartphones today, and that's to take selfies. Everybody loves a selfie, right? Man, (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. Everybody wants to do a selfie or take a selfie with your friend, you know, most everybody. People used to go crazy, though, over these selfies, right? Like, they would be doing all kinds of crazy things. You'd be coming out like, I just woke up, you know. You didn't just wake up. You done brushed your hair. You brushed your teeth. You put some clothes. You didn't wake up like that. But we love our selfies. And I, I learned something about selfies. I wanted to kind of find out about the history of selfies a little bit. And so I looked it up. I learned that in 2003, I know that's a long time ago, y'all. 2003, that's 20 years ago. Sony invented or introduced the front-facing camera that would enable us to take selfies. And it wasn't until 2011 that Instagram came out and introduced auto filters that you could apply to your photos. And so... The thing about that is when you see photos nowadays, they're automatically using a filter. Got to use a filter, right? Now, most people, you know, like to do the fun ones. You know, you got like the dog, you know, with the tongue that sticks out, right? Or the eyes, you know. There's this new one out that like makes your like eye like offset and you like freak people out, you know, or the spider that crawls. It's just weird, but a lot of people do it. Most people do it for fun, right? But filters in our lives are all around us. And there are different kinds of filters that we have in our lives. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. We have filters in our lives. And filters are those systems or those elements that are used to remove unwanted substances or unwanted things. And there are different types of filters. Like we have air filters. Everybody's familiar with an air filter, right? You got air filters in your car. You got air filters in your home, right? They help us keep out you know, those particulates that we don't want in there. Some of them are allergen-free, right? And they keep out those, those allergy filters. We have uh, fluid filters, right? We have fluid filters like a water filter, right? You put a water filtration, you know, you want to make sure your, your water tastes good and it filters out all the bad stuff so you don't get sick. We have electronic filters. These are mostly used in, like, the military, right? You get electronic filters that are, uh, you know, they just kind of filter out background noise or RF frequencies or different types of frequencies, Optical filters. You guys ever seen an optical filter? It's optical filters like phases out different wavelengths of light. So if you want to see blue in a room, you put out a certain filter that enables you just to see blue in that room. And of course, we have my favorite, a coffee filter. Yeah. Use that every day, right? Coffee filter, right? Got to have a good source, good coffee filter. It's all about the filters. And most of the time, filters are good and they make our lives better. But I want to talk about the filters that change our perception of ourselves. 
I want to talk about the filters that cause us to see ourselves in a different way than God sees us. I want to talk about the filters that make us look totally different than who God created us to be. That's the kind of filter that I want to talk about this morning. The type of filter that changes your perception of who you are and makes it not line up and not match up with the perfection that God sees in you. That's what I want to talk about today. Everybody say filters. All right, so the first filter I want to talk to you about today is false filters. False filters are the filters in our lives, the things that hang over our hearts that change our perception of who God created us to be. Perception is our ability to see. It's our ability to hear. It's our ability to become aware of something through our senses. And the Bible talks about this in the book of Deuteronomy. So I want you to go there, Deuteronomy chapter 29. The Bible talks about this in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29. And we're going like, to take a look at a couple of verses that talk about perception and how perception is a filter over our hearts. And it causes us to have a falseness about who we are and who God created us to be. Deuteronomy 29, starting in verse 2, it says, Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials to all, and to all his land. With your eyes you saw those great trials, those miraculous signs and great wonders. But until this day, the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see or ears that hear. I love the way that the New King James puts it. It says, yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive. Moses is saying perception is at the seat of your heart. You perceive and the filters that you have in your life, the filters that you have over your life cause you to change the perception of how you see yourself. So I can perceive a thing, but if I have a false filter over my life, it changes what I perceive. So false filters are things like those thoughts that have caused us to see ourselves differently. They've caused us to see ourselves as maybe inadequate or caused us to see ourselves as insignificant or, or abandoned or rejected or, or overlooked. Fil- false filters are the things that change our perspective of ourselves and our situation and keep us from moving into the plan and the purpose that God has for us. Some of you here this morning have a false filter over your heart. You've been believing something so long that it's not allowing the good things in your life to filter through, and it's causing your perception of yourself to be different than who God planned you to be. In Numbers chapter 13, Moses sends out 12 spies to a land that God promised. Y'all know this story. These 12 spies were sent to the land of Canaan, and he told them to go out into the land which God has promised us and go check it out and see what it's like. And so they go to the land, and it's exactly how God told them it was going to be. There was flowing streams of milk and honey. I mean, it was just beautiful land. In fact, it was so nice there that they had these grapes that were so big that when they cut off just a cluster of grapes, they were so big and so large it took two people to carry them. Just an amazing place that God had promised them. And they came back to Moses to give a report. And they said, Moses, Moses, it's just as you said. It's beautiful. It's got milk and honey. And look at these grapes. They're so huge, Moses. It's amazing. But guess what, Moses? There's there's giants over there. I don't know about this, Moses. I, I I don't think we can do what you're telling us to do, Moses. 
And look at verse 43. Put that up on the screen. Verse 40, or 33, excuse me, 33. Look at what they said. They said, We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Hmm. How did they know? How did they know that the giants perceived them as grasshoppers? I mean, if they were supposed to be spies, if they were supposed to be stealthy and sneaking into the land to observe what it really looked like, how did they know that the giants saw them the same that they saw themselves? Maybe it was a false filter over their heart. Mm. See, maybe it's a false filter over your heart. Maybe you have a false filter that tells you that you're inadequate. You'll never be good enough. You can't be a good leader. You don't have the grit or the tenacity. You're not a good mom. You're not a good father. It's the lies that we believe and we allow to let into our hearts that begin to form a filter over our lives and cause us to see ourselves differently than who God sees us. And it causes us to not be able to step into what God has promised us. Maybe it's a false filter over your heart. But the good news of the story is among the 12, there were a couple of guys who remembered the promise that God had for them. There were a couple of guys who remembered that God said, I will give you this land and I will defeat your enemies for you. Joshua and Caleb said, God has promised this land to us. And because he promises it to us, he will lead us into it and he will give it to us. They said, we don't got to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid because God will devour them. He will take care of it. You see, they learned to change their false filter into a hope filter. A, fil- a filter that, 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 that God had given them, a spirit, a filter that showed them that they can accomplish whatever God has told them they can do, that they can go out and do what God wants them to. They can be the person God has called them to be. They can step into the promise that God has for them because he said he would do it. Some of us need to change our false filters into a hope filter. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to give to not harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Listen, if you if God has given you a purpose and if God has given you a future, then why are you letting the problems of the past into your heart? You are good enough. You 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 are worth it. You are adequate. You are whatever you need to be that God calls you to be. You do have what it takes. You can step into the promise and the plan and the purpose that God has for you because he promised you would. It's time to replace the broken, dirty, false filters in our lives with a hope filter and a future filter. See, our culture would have us believe that we're we're all the same. You know, we're all the same. Our culture wants to form us and mold us into these cookie-cutter citizens to, to be all the same. And I discovered a while back that uh, there's only one way that you and me are the same. The Bible says we were made from dirt, and we will return to dirt. It says from dust you came, till dust you will return. Look at your neighbor and tell him, ooh, you dirty. Other than that, you don't fit into anybody else's mold. Other than that, you don't have to be what anybody else tells you you need to be. Even though we are all different, though, we do have one thing in common. 
we all have a false filter of insecurity in our lives. I can prove it. Watch this. Raise your hand if you have in your house, your car, at school, somewhere, a mirror. Look around. You know what mirrors do? Mirrors cause us to look at ourselves and wonder, are we ever going to measure up to what the world is telling me to be? I don't care who you are and how often you walk in front of the mirror and go, man, I'm looking good today. Mm, yes, this, okay, I like the what I'm wearing. Yeah, right, starting your stuff. Still somewhere in your heart, there's a little bit of insecurity that says, I don't know when I get to work if I'm going to be able to perform what I'm supposed to do. I don't know if I'm going to be able to live up to the expectations of being a good husband or a good wife. I don't know if I can be a good kid to my mom or dad. I don't know. And we have these false insecurities over our lives. We look at the mirror, a reflection, and we think, I'm not good enough. I'm not muscular enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not curvy enough. You know, we think of all these things. We think we're not ever going to make it. I'll never have a pocket full of money. And we just look at ourselves and we're constantly reminded that we don't measure up. But the thing about mirrors, mirrors cannot, never will be able to provide us with an accurate reflection of who you are. See, the reflection that you see is simply a representation of reality reconstructed by your brain. We will never be able to truly see who we are because our interpretation of our perception of ourselves is driven by the filters that we have over our hearts. So if we grew up in a home that made us think we'll never be good enough, we'll never see ourselves as good enough when we look in the mirror. When we grow up, or when, when we've been told all our lives, uh, you're not that good looking, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we will always think and wonder, am I ever going to get that husband or that wife? Is anyone ever going to love me? We, we, we have these filters over our lives, but the reality is that we forget that we are created in the image of God, that we don't need to measure up to this world's expectations. We only need to measure up to his expectations. Psalm 139 tells us that we are the creative handiwork of God. These filters have led us to believe that we aren't valuable, that our life has no purpose, that we mean nothing. But the truth is God was and is and always will be actively and intricately involved in forming every feature of who we are and how we do our lives. And because of that, we are valuable to him. Reflections are just lies. They're just lies. So stop basing your value and your worth on the world around you. You are created in the image of God. You matter to God, so much so that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. Look, I don't know if you've ever seen this b- before, but if you've ever seen an old-fashioned scale, you've got two things, on, on one on each side, right? You've got a plate on this side and a plate on this side, and it's hanging by a little thing across the top. And what they do when they want to figure out what is something worth, they put the, what they want to figure out is worth in one side, and they put weights in the other side. And when they figure out how much it weighs, they can then determine their worth. Listen, Jesus loves you so much that he placed, or God loves you so much that he placed his son on the other side to die on the cross for you. You do matter to God. You are worth it. You are an amazing person. You are created in the image of God. You are 
a child of God. If you choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have said, I believe in him, and you confess with your mouth that you are, that your sins are gone and that you're living for Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of God. That's an amazing thing. You live in the kingdom of heaven. You are now part of his family, and you matter to him. And when we stand there evaluating every aspect of our lives, we're all maybe a little bit afraid that, you know, we've spent so much time putting together and what we've put together just doesn't quite fit. And we're not sure, you know, if we measure up. But the reality is we are a child of God. We do matter to him. So I say this morning, let's replace our false filters with the I am a child of God filter. I want to try something. I want to try something. Let's pretend like we don't know each other, okay? I'm just going to introduce myself. Hi, how are you? You are? Daisy. Nice to meet you, Daisy. All right. Hi, how are you? You are? Chase. Chase, nice to meet you. Hi, how are you? You are? Jocelyn. Y'all aren't getting it. Let me go over to this side. Maybe they'll understand it over here. Hi, how are you? You are? John. You're not getting it. No, you are not John. You are not Daisy. You are not Jocelyn. You are not Chase. You are a child of God. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. You are saved. You are son of the most high God. You are daughter of the risen king. You are a child of God. You're no longer an abused. You're no longer an ashamed. You're no longer an afflicted. You're no longer a liar. You're no longer depressed. You are a child of God. That is who you are. Replace the false filter in your life with an I am a child of God filter. The second filter I want to talk to you about today is our fear filter. Turn to the book of Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. We have fear filters in our lives that that we allow to determine our destiny. Acts 27, the apostle Paul was on board a ship to Rome. He was bound for Rome, headed to face trial against Caesar. And Paul told the shipmates, he told the crew, hey, we, are, we shouldn't go because we are heading into a dangerous voyage. But the crew didn't listen to Paul because he was a prisoner. Go figure. They decided to listen to their captain. And so they set sail for Rome. And we're going to pick up the story in verse 13. It says, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. But before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. You see, because the sailors chose to to steer by what they saw instead of by what the Spirit of God was telling them, they headed into danger. They headed into disaster. So often in our lives, we listen to the wrong voices and we put our lives in danger. And so the question arises, how do we tell the difference between the enemy causing us to fear and God warning us? See, that voice of fear will paralyze you by making you worry about things that are outside of your control. But God will warn you, and he will give you specific directions that will mobilize you into action. 
There's a difference between the voice of God trying to correct you and protect you than the enemy trying to destroy you and distract you. God will warn you, but he won't create fear within you. He won't create worry within you. He won't create anxiety within you. But the enemy will try to distract you. He'll try to distract you with all the things of the world. And he'll try to get in you fear and worry and doubt. So much so that you find yourself up at night just worried about things, fearful about what's to come. And going through life like that causes us oftentimes to just go, I'll just go along with it. It just is what it is. And that's what took place on this boat. In verse 15, it says that the ship was caught by the storm, and it could not heed into the wind, so we gave way to it, and we were driven along. Hmm. Sometimes fear will grip you so hard that you feel like you can't do anything else but be driven along by it. Wondering, what am I going to do? I might as well just let it happen. And then that same fear that's been driving you along causes you maybe to get a little desperate. And I just want to paraphrase the next few verses. Uh, The sailors get desperate and they try to take matters into their own hand. They try to wrap rope underneath the ship, try to hold it all together. They they eventually started throwing their cargo overboard. They threw their shipping supplies and their, and their, uh, their fishing supplies. They threw it all overboard until finally in verse 20, they decided, you know what? We might as well just give up. I wonder how many of us here this morning have been holding on to fear in our lives before or maybe even now to the point where we just said, just give up. I don't know what to do anymore. I can't figure it out. I don't know what to trust or who to trust. Just let it happen. And God, in that moment, spoke to Paul in a dream and he told him, you're gonna stand trial with Caesar. You're gonna make it to Rome. God said, you will make it to Rome. He said, the ship will break apart, but you will make it and nobody on this boat will die. And so Paul wakes up and he tells the crew, hey crew, don't worry. Uh, Don't be afraid. Keep courage because God said we will make it through to the other side. Uh, He said, the boat will be destroyed, but God says he will carry us through. Some of us need to replace the fear filter in our life with a God will filter. Paul's faith wasn't in the boat. It was in God. Paul remembered the promises that God had for him. Paul remembered that he visited him in a dream and said, you will make it. And he remembered that his life is not in the boat, but his life is in God's hands. His faith wasn't in the boat. Paul said, you know what? Funny thing is, I like a boat. I'd rather be in a boat than doggy paddle to shore. But my faith is not in the boat. My faith is in God. It's, it's, My life is in his hands. And see, whenever life threatens us with the storms, you know, whenever we are threatened by the storms of our circumstances, we often want to ask God, God, fix the boat or stop the storm. But that's not what God said he would do. God said, if you would just fix your focus on me and what I promised to you, you will make it through to the other side. I believe some of us here are so fearful and so so fearful about stuff because our worry is rooted in our circumstances. Our worry is rooted in the fact that we believe that we won't survive without the boat. But if we focus on God, he will carry us through. My faith, my life, 
my hope. It's not in the boat. It's not in my circumstances. My faith, my life, my hope, it's found in God. Psalm 121 says, my hope is not in, my, Psalm 121 says, for my hope and my help comes from the Lord. Even if the boat goes down, I'm all good. <laughs> but you know, fear creates all kinds of conflict that we should never have to face in our lives. Fear fa- creates all kinds of conflicts that we, we, we should not have to face and if, if we would have just given it to God in the first place. So I think this story would have been different from the very beginning had the sailors just said, oh, Paul, you're a man of God. Okay, we won't get in the boat. Wouldn't have gotten into the situation they were in. But, you know, I don't believe that we should walk around in a constant state of fear. Even if things are uncertain around us and the boat's a little rocky and, and the waves are coming up over us and we're not sure about how we're going to make it, I don't think we should walk around in a state of constant fear. In fact, I think every once in a while, we ought to stare the devil in the face and say, what if, devil? Do your worst. Because my faith is not in you. My faith is not in my circumstances. My faith is not in my work. My faith is not in what's going on around me. My faith is not in the things that you are causing me, trying to get me to be fearful. My faith is in God. And if you read the rest of the story, you're going to find out that God, what God said he will do, he did do. The ship still wrecked, broke to pieces, nothing left. But the sailors still made it. Paul still made it. Every man made it to shore alive, you see, because God's promises will always come true, even if they come in a way that we didn't expect. God didn't guarantee the boat. He guarantees that he will always keep his promises to us, though. Whatever your fear you're facing in your life, we need to replace it with a God will filter. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear about anything in our lives. In fact, in 2 Timothy 1, it says that for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So here's the thing. If, spirit is, if, the, if fear is a spirit, that spirit can go away. We can replace that spirit of fear with a spirit of love and a spirit of sound mind and a spirit of peace that passes all understanding that comes from the Lord. We don't have to worry about those false things in our lives that try to tell us who we are supposed to be. Even though everything around us wants to shape us into something we're not, Second Corinthians tells us that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. We are a child of God. We can replace those false filters in our lives with a child of God filter. I want the worship team to go ahead and come because I want to close with faith filters. What's your faith filter made of? The only way that we can filter out the bad and filter in the good is with a faith filter. Right? See, we've spent so much time feeding the wrong filters by listening to the news, by reading articles and social media posts, by looking at Instagram where near 100% of the time filters are being used, by talking to people who are scared, by watching TV and watching and reading, mag- or by reading magazines. We, we feed our fear. We constantly feed the false filters in our lives and the fear filters in our lives with the things around us. I think 
though, it's time that we start building a faith network. I think it's time to start feeding our faith. Right? Instead of replying on social media with another post about, you know, something that's just going to cause more fear and insecurity, how about replying with a Bible verse? It's time to remind people that whoever rests in the shadow of the Most High God will be kept safe by the Mighty One. It's time to remind our world of the God that we serve. And stop letting the things of the world come into our hearts and into our lives. Hmm. Has anybody ever noticed how everything that we call entertainment these days is nothing but watching other people sin? I was sad to hear, not surprised, but I was sad to hear about what went down at the Grammys last week. Did I watch it? No. Why? Because I have a faith filter over my heart. I don't need to see that. But I heard about it. And if you heard about it, or maybe you saw it, you'll recall that there was this hell-themed performance that featured several red-robed dancers, cages, whips, and Sam Smith with a top hat that had devil horns. Oh, but, but Pastor Chris, it's just a song. It's just a music video. It's just a TV show. It's just a performance. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. These are the things that we saw Christians posting on social media last week. It's not that deep. It's just art. No, it's not just art. It's symbolic of who they are. And rather than pray for these individuals, we cheer them on. Rather than teach our kids to be careful about what you see and what you hear, we sing along with them in our cars on the way to school. Rather than, 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 than uh, uh, feeding our faith filter and putting a faith filter over our hearts, we decide, oh, we'll go ahead and watch that movie. It doesn't mean anything. It's all right. It's time we put a faith filter in our hearts and in our friends' hearts and in our children's hearts and in our family's hearts. The world is going to be the world. The lost will act like the lost. Those who operate in darkness will radiate darkness. That doesn't surprise me. But what does surprise me is Christians who claim to serve the Lord our God who said Jesus is my Savior and still go out and support that mess. It's not just a song. It's not just a music video. It's not just a performance. It does mean something. Ephesians 6 put it this way. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Friends, don't make excuses to support darkness just because the beat sounds cool or the lighting effects were on point or the drama in the TV show was just that good. Look beyond the talent and see if the symbolism that they represent is something that you want to stand for. Satanic imagery is not something to be played with. Let's put faith filters over our hearts 
and over our kids' hearts and over our friends' hearts and over our families' hearts and over our neighbors' hearts. And before we go this morning, I want to give you three filters that we all need to start putting in our lives today. Real quick, three filters that you need to apply to your life today. The first one is this. You need to get your prayer filter on. David in Psalm 34 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Seems so long ago, but during the COVID pandemic, we all experienced social distancing. We all wanted to be around loved ones that we cared so much about, but we were told not to. We were told we couldn't. And some of us even found ourselves social distancing from God. We never came back. The closer you are to God, the less likely you will be to your fears and your faults and anything else that the enemy is trying to put over you. (laughs) The further you are from God, the more likely you are to let filters come in over your heart that were never meant to be there. David said, I sought the Lord. David was seeking God. He was praying. Prayer will fight off fear. Prayer will fight off insecurities. Prayer will fight off pain. Prayer will fight off sorrow. Prayer will fight off all the things that the enemy tries to throw our way. It's time to put a prayer filter over our lives and our hearts. The second filter that we as Christians need to be applying every single day is our promise filter. It's our promise filter. We need to turn to God's word and meditate on it daily. I was so excited to hear just a little while ago that Aubrey was telling me, I think it was your grandma, for 30 years, is that right? 30 years? 30 years has read through the Bible incomplete every year for 30 years. Here's the truth about God's word and his promises. His promises are true and they're always, they will stay. They will hold up true and they will, they will come true. But when we read the Bible, and what Aubrey was telling us earlier is that Every time she reads the Bible, God speaks something new into her heart. She reveals something new to her. Listen, the Bible and God's word is true and it stays the same, but the Holy Spirit will reveal new things into you and help you grow and to be more Christ-like each and every time you read it. It's time we meditate on the promises that feed our faith. I want you to try this this week. Read promise scriptures more than you watch the news or you look at yourself in the mirror. Try that. Find promise verses, print them out, put them on your mirror, put them on your bed, put them on your TV, uh, take a picture of them and make it the wallpaper of your phone. Read promise filters this week because I know that when we get a hold of the promises of God, the broken filters in our life will fade away. And finally, the third filter that I want to talk about that we need to apply is our praise filter. I want everybody in the room to, to stand up. Everyone in the room to stand. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. See, when your heart is focused upward on God and you're giving our Heavenly Father all the praise that he deserves, your faith will grow. So whenever you feel afraid, begin singing to God. Whenever you're feeling insecure, lift up praise to the Savior. Whenever Satan tries to move in, sing a hallelujah chorus. (laughs) Because here's the truth, friends. Fear can't survive. Doubt can't survive. 
Uh, uh, faults can't survive. Hurt can't survive. Sorrow can't survive. Insecurity can't survive. Being overlooked can't survive. Nothing that comes from the enemy can survive in an atmosphere of praise. We need to get our praise on. So I've asked the worship team to come because I think we should end today with our praise on. Amen? Nothing unholy can survive in an atmosphere of praise. And I want us to walk out of church this morning with a praise filter on over our hearts because nothing that the enemy has against us, nothing that the enemy tries to throw our way, not our circumstances, not our fears, not our insecurities, none of that can survive in an atmosphere of praise. Amen? So I'm going to have the worship team to come up. And let's just sing that song and you can close us out. Thanks for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this ministry, we want to encourage you to share it. And if you don't have a church home, come join us any Sunday at 1030.